Let's find out where does it where did it all start? And sports activist Mark Fredericks joins us on the line underdog on social media. Underdog, good evening from us on SAFM, sir. Thanks for taking our call tonight. Uh, good evening, Kabiso, uh, and good evening to the listeners. Thank you, Mr. Fredericks. I've, I've been mentioning, we've been mentioning all week that it's the hundred test match between these two nations. But in from from your opinion, where does this rivalry come from? Um, I think um, uh, if you're talking about um, the Springboks or South Africa versus New Zealand, then yes. you've got to look at the, the the South African wars or what is known as the Anglo-Boer wars. Um, I remember visiting New Zealand in 2011, and one of the uh, anti-apartheid activists there, uh, I've forgotten his name for the moment, he mentioned that um, uh, New Zealand was one of the first, if not the first, of the colonial uh, colonies that committed troops to fight on behalf of the Queen against the Boers. And this angered the Boers... uh, Tremendously, because in fact, uh, 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 the war was not even declared yet. So he mentioned that as the starting point of the, uh, uh, how can you say, the antagonism mm. between the um, the South Africans and the Kiwis. So, you know, the first match obviously took place in 1921, but uh, there's a history that predates the 1921 uh, kickoff. So I guess then it spilled over to the rugby field. Yes, it spilled over to the rugby field, you know. Uh, uh, and um, what you what you see is that uh, the 1921 visit to New Zealand, um, or, or one of the first, if not the first, Springbok tour to New Zealand, mm. there was a moment, uh, you, you know, I'm actually driving now, so I, so I can't... Uh, pull up my, my, my research and so on. But there was a moment where the Springbok team were welcomed um, mm. and uh, they actually turned their back against the welcome. So it was some Maori welcome. They turned their back against this uh, this uh, traditional Maori welcome, like what we know as the Haka, or there was some uh, official greeting by the Maori people to the tourists and the tourists turned their back on it. So... Look, those are those are sort of side issues, I suppose. You know, when you when when we like your talk show and so on, and your listeners, what they are interested in, they are interested in the result, the mm. predictions, and that type of thing. But uh, there's a lot more to mm. rugby rivalries and sporting rivalries than just what happens. And, and that's why we have you on the line, because we've got somebody that will talk to us about the results and the fixtures and all of that. But, but, but I know that you're a sports activist. I've seen your videos. You've gone around the world talking about rugby and the history of South African rugby. And I mentioned at the top of the show, Mr. Fredericks, that we still have many South Africans who support the All Blacks, even today. And it's been like that um, for years. Where did that one start now? Or how did that one now, start? I, 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 I would not be able to give you a... a, a, a an accurate answer about when that started. Uh, in traveling back from Grahamstown, now my uh, colleague and myself, we attended mm. the book launch of uh, Line Breakers. Uh, I believe oh, yes. you had uh, Ashwin Desai. Yes, we did. On we your did. show a few weeks ago. And yes, but and that teams that do the haka there in that book, eh? <laughs> now you know, I was a I was a small boy. I must have been seven or eight years old when my um, my one of my early memories of rugby in Kimberley was that um, there was a team that played at the Union Grounds, which is now known as the Ayara Bus Stadium. 
And I think mm. they were a visiting team, probably from the Eastern Cape, or could have been from the Western Cape. And my earliest memory, I'm talking about 1972, 73, they performed a version of the Haka. Mm. So, uh, you know, that was even before television only came to this country in 1976. So where were these guys seeing these performances? You know, what, what was happening? I believe that in 1970, guys like Billy Bush and Brian Williams and some of the Maori guys and Sid Going, they actually taught people in the townships um, versions of the haka. So, um, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell you when exactly the uh, this support for the All Blacks came from. But, but would, would you be able ever. to tell us why? Why some South Africans up until this day still support the All Blacks? I think there are many reasons to be so. Uh, one would be purely for the enjoyment of the style of play. Uh, I met a, young, a youngster. He's 10 years old. His name is Kieran Boyson. I sat speaking to him one day, and he knows every single All Black uh, oh. at the time. Uh, Richie McCaw, Dan Carter, he would, he would name you, tell you what he likes about them, how many tries they scored, and so on. Now, that youngster has got absolutely no political inclinations whatsoever. Mm. But he loved the All Blacks. He loved their style of play. His favorite player at the time was Bowden Barrett. And he could, he could go on and on about them. Then there are other guys who support them more for social political reasons. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm probably in that camp to a certain extent. Uh, mm. Although I must be honest with you, I don't follow rugby as closely as what you would think I do. I'm more mm. interested in the side issues, the things mm. that happen beyond the, the, the field. Mm. Yeah. So I, I think those, are, those, those would be the reasons. There are people, like the ladies, for example. I mean, mm. most, most of the All Black supporters that I've met in recent years happen to be women. Mm. You know? So, if you so, so, so you support the All Blacks? I do, I do. Um, but more importantly, Tabiso. Um, and I think this is the question you, you haven't asked me in the past. Mm. Let me give you the answer to the question you haven't asked. I do mm. not support the Springboks. doesn't matter who plays them. Mm-hmm. And why is that? I, I, I don't support them. I, I don't support them because of um, a term I just used earlier, is the historical vandalism that they are currently engaged in since uh-huh. since 1992 in terms of black rugby history um, and the structures in this country. Uh, Springbok rugby has become a sort of new missionary project in this country. It civilizes the savages into, you know, into proper humanity, into civility. Uh, and, 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 and it seems as if the Springbok system is the only conduit through which you beca- can become a full human being in rugby terms now. You know, it completely mm. overlooks the fact that there were black rugby captains before Sia Colisi, mm. but that they played for the anti-apartheid structures, such as Kwaru and Sedru and uh, Tigerberg and all those, those unions and subunions, and the Saru side as well. But... Um, it has been it has been assumed now through unity that the Springbok system 
is the system. It is the benchmark in South Africa. So, and it's only because um, the Springboks were privileged enough to have had the opportunities to play international rugby uh, prior to 1992. Our guys, our guys who played in the township and so on, never had that opportunity. It was never our aspiration. Our aspiration was to play rugby for our communities and for liberation. But who was liberated? You know, and I'm talking in sporting terms now. Mm. So um, I've got I've got lots of issues with uh, the way the rugby narrative is presented in this country. And I remember even when uh, the box were, be- were well, South African rugby was bidding to host the 2023 World Cup. You wrote this article where you were not happy with the video that was presented to World Rugby, and you felt that it was in the true representation of what was happening in the country at the time. Yes, who would be happy with that? If you if you look at any uh, of these, uh, even Chasing the Sun, and look at any of their castle, lager, uh, television adverts, what it does is it actually glorifies and normalizes black poverty in this country. And if you look at the anti-apartheid struggle slogan, which said no normal sport in an abnormal society under the SACOS banner, um, we, we have now actually normalized um, the black condition, as it were, in terms of poverty, through those television adverts. It, it tells, it, it cements you, and it, it, it position, positions you as a black person within a specific visual context in those adverts. You see them. The, 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 one, the one television commercial was called, um, what's it, Love Rugby, mm-hmm. where the, the, it opens up with a... Um, a scene over a township, a shack, mm, a dwelling, shack settlement. And the first person you see after that is Sia Colisi. Mm. Cementing Sia Colisi within that condition. Whether he comes from it or not, is by the, it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, it, it is cementing in the eye of the viewer that through this fantastic system, you can become a full person you know it's it's classic propaganda uh, brand propaganda so uh yeah i had an issue with the 2023 world cup but we've, we've um there's been no trickle down benefits from 95 right through the 2010 of the 2003 cricket world cup uh there's been no benefit for ordinary people in this country and i'm talking sporting people now mm-hmm. in fact there's been a marked decline in community engagement in sport. And, and even the sport is not accessible to many South Africans who can't afford to pay subscription fees and pay TV. Tomorrow, many will be excluded from, what, from watching the Springboks. Well, that is exactly the point. But then you, you see we're missing the point of sport. Sport is about socialization. It's like education. Education is suffering in this country due to COVID because we're now having online classes and so on. Uh, education is not meant to be digital. Education is uh, meant to be social. The same with sport. You cannot develop sport by having people sitting on their backside watching highly paid athletes run around in the field. I mean, uh, the amount of resources plowed into our elite athletes is mind-boggling. Uh, these guys get uh, psychological, mental health care, medical care, physical 
financial, you name it, every single resource you can think of, these guys get. And they expect things. Poverty stricken South Africans, I mean, what is the latest unemployment figures and whatever, to sit and watch in, in abject poverty, to sit and watch these guys play a game uh, at nine, ten thousand kilometers away and celebrate if they happen to, to be victorious. Look at what they've done for our country. What have they done for our country? And we are not thinking these things through. And we can only accept this because of the fact that the township's sporting footprint has been swept aside. It's no longer there. There's no socialization through sports in townships anymore. Um, you know, uh, this, this uh, thing of celebrating so-called heroes, they are not heroes. They are celebrities. They are media creations. A hero is somebody who plays in the township day in, day out, going around, collecting the kids on the back of his bucky, running around looking for sponsorship for soccer boots or rugby boots or whatever to try and keep the kids active on the, on the field, keeping them out of mischief. That is a hero. But that is not where the media attention is. The media attention is on these creations of the media, these celebrities. And we need yeah. to... We need to be honest and um, realize that this is what is happening. Yes, and, and the same Sia Colise that you mentioned that we've told this story so many times how we used to have to go to a tavern to go watch rugby is now at the forefront of promoting people, must get paid TV, must pay their subscription in order to be able to watch the Springboks through no fault of his own, I guess, because he's in a situation where he's a Springbok, um, Springbok captain and he has to do these adverts. But for me, that leaves a sour taste in the mouth that you are using the same guy that, that couldn't watch your matches on TV because he couldn't even afford to have a TV. Now you're using the same guy to go and promote him to go get people to pay 1,000, 2,000 rand, whatever it is, the subscription fee that they must pay in order to be able to watch this team that um, he plays for. And it just doesn't add up for me. But we're going to leave it there, Mark, because of the line. Um, I know that you are on your way from Makanda from that book launch of uh, Professor Ashwin Desai and the team there. Uh, we did uh, talk about that book on the show here. So we're going to leave it there because the line's not that great. Uh, but we've heard what he had to say, why the man does not support the Springboks, uh, Mark Fredericks. And those are his personal views. He goes around the world, actually, to talk about this and to talk about the history of SA Rugby. He gets invited by so many universities um, just to, uh, to, 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 to give his views. Very active on social media. Also, if you want to follow him.